Hi, everyone, and welcome to Empowering Homeschool Conversations, a weekly broadcast that we do from SPED Homeschool. We're a 501c3 nonprofit, and um, we just want to empower families to homeschool children with unique learning needs. And so each month we focus on a different topic, and this month, month of May um, 2021, it, we're going to be focusing on outdoor learning and getting outside, enjoying those outdoors. And tonight, my, my special guest is, um, is Justin Shell. And we are going to be talking about increasing outdoor learning experiences. And I just want to thank you for joining us, Justin, and um, welcome. Yeah, thanks for having me, Peggy. I'm looking forward to the conversation. Yes, I am too. So um, if you're watching this live, and I see we have people popping on right now, if you know anybody that would be interested in this conversation and joining us um, and with some comments and questions, definitely share this. And just know that you can post um, comments and questions in the feed, whether you're watching on Facebook, YouTube, or Periscope. So, because um, we want to be part of what we're talking about. And so, um, also, if you're watching us recorded, you can share too. You just can't join us live. <laughs> but um, but we would love for you to um, to just share with those friends that are going, how do I get outside? How do I get my kids outside? We may be um, sharing some some things tonight. I know Justin has a lot of really great ideas and some experience that um, he's going to to pull from and um, also just a lot of enthusiasm about about getting outside. So um, so yeah, why don't we get started? So Justin, as, as we um, just dive in, actually, I need to also thank uh, our sponsor. I forgot about that. Um, I just want to thank Knockgrass History for sponsoring this episode of Empowering Homeschool Conversations. We'll hear about halfway um, in a little bit about them and what they do and how they help homeschoolers. So, so thank you, Knockgrass History. So, um, so yeah. So let's um, just dive in. Um, Justin, could you share with us just what um, fueled your love for the outdoors and how that has kind of carried through into your adult life, family life, and um, just what you're you're doing right now yeah sure so um so i guess you know uh, like a lot of people it kind of started out with my family um and um we got outdoors a lot when i was younger That's um great. i think yeah yeah and and you know i think uh i, I think my parents mentioned the, the first time i went skiing was like three three years <laughs> old or something like that and we didn't uh -huh. go all but you know but we got out there and we tried new things um, right. a lot when I was a little. Um, and, uh, you know, that kind of started to um, you know, get me interested in different things. And eventually I got into, into scouting. Um, so mm -hmm. I was in Cub Scouts, Boy Scouts all the way through. Um, yeah. I got my Eagle Scout. Um, and so, cool. yeah, so through that, I got a lot of different experiences, you know, outdoors, whether it was camping or, you know, doing whitewater rafting or climbing or all different outdoor activities. Um, and learning a whole lot, you know, a whole lot of skills that really I didn't, you know, consider like learning. I just considered there were things that were, were fun to do and we should go do those. And I want to figure out how to do it. So, mm -hmm. um, so I think a lot of experiences through Boy Scouts um, kind of got me more interested in. And then um, actually in high school, I, uh, there was in my local area, there was a magnet school for um, science and with a focus on uh, global ecology studies. Um, and so I applied to that and ended up uh, getting into that. And so, um, so I joined that program because basically they said, okay, every, you know, six to eight weeks, we're actually going to, you know, leave school for the day and yeah. <laughs> actually learn out in the, in the physical environment. Uh -huh. you know, 
she had learned from new places and, and new mm. things. Um, I said, great, sign me up. So, uh, right. so yeah, so I, I think kind of all those things, you know, mm-hmm. um, built uh, this kind of lifelong love of, of nature and outdoors and, and, you know, finding new adventures and new things to try. So, Right. Yeah. So skiing at three, I'm assuming your parents were um, outdoor enthusiasts a little bit as well to, or because I'm not assuming at three, they didn't just send you out the door. <laughs> no, 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 definitely came along and, uh, and yeah, made, made sure I didn't completely crash into things <laughs> too often, at least. So, but, yeah. 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 I, I think we underestimate kids on what they can do at those ages. Um, yeah, I think we, we definitely do. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. I, I learned to ice skate on single blades at three. And, oh. and so, um, so yeah, I, and I think nowadays we, we kind of hold our kids back sometimes from, from those experiences. And um, so, so that's a good example. The skiing at three, that's, that's pretty risky because you just get going down that hill. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they were watching over, you know, it's one of those things where, uh, you know, you, you have, they give you certain constraints on, on your risk and, you know, they'll, they'll make sure that uh, it's, it's somewhat appropriate to your, your level. Uh, I right. think as, as parents, that's kind of our job to, you know, set constraints, but to make sure that those constraints stretch us, you know, both as, yeah. both as parents, you know, just beyond our comfort level. Uh, and, you know, and that kind of gets us you know, more acclimated to, to what they can do and, and, you know, what we can allow them to do. So. Right. It's kind of those testing those boundaries of, of, you know, what, what they can do and what they um, maybe need a little more work on or help on, but, but being there at the same time. So Absolutely. yeah, that's, that's a great um, insight. Um, so, you know, um, so you have a business called my school and how have your experiences affected your family activities and then influenced your business? Yeah. So I think from, um, from like a day-to-day standpoint for, I guess, first, you know, focusing on the family part, um, we spend a lot of time outside. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we, we try to start our day with either a walk or just playing outside, something like that. Um, it, it really kind of helps us to, you know, start the day off right. You know, yeah. you kind of feel mm-hmm. fresh and rejuvenated from from being outdoors. Um, and, and we do that year round. Um, so it's, <laughs> you know, just a different experience in the wintertime than it is uh, in the summertime and, mm-hmm. and I'm up in, up in Maryland. So, you mm-hmm. know, we have very much four seasons uh, or four very distinct seasons. Uh, yeah. So it's lots of different things to get used to. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and right now we're actually doing this thing um, called the thousand hours outside challenge. Um, uh-huh. And yeah, basically it's um, a woman who runs an, an Instagram account that has, has challenged everybody to, you know, spend, get their kids to spend at least a thousand hours outside over the course of the year. Very cool um, idea. Uh-huh. Yeah, and it's it's it comes out to like two to three hours a day on average, hmm. so doable, but, it's very but doable. It just yeah. yeah, it stretches people. Um, and we managed to exceed that throughout the winter months, and so I think we're going to make it just fine. But uh-huh. it, it is really, um, I, I think, a really good challenge for people, um, especially I think the average number of of minutes that kids spend outside is, is around like forty minutes a day or something. So, oh, yeah. so, mm-hmm. so really stretching to two and a half to three hours a day, that's, that's like a big jump for a lot of people. So, right. Yeah. So it may, you may need to take it slow at first to just get your kids acclimated or to, you know, that, that's a good, leads to a good question. You know, if you do get some kickback, um, from kids, what are, do you have any good ideas for how to encourage them to be outside or activities that, um, would would keep them out a little bit longer. 
Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, some of that is just coming down to motivation and mm. they can be motivated by different things. And sometimes that's, you know, just trying to pique their curiosity with something. You're like, okay, well, you know, if you guys want to stay in here, I'm going to go check this out. You know, mm-hmm. and, and my kids are younger, so they're, they're really curious. And they're like, oh, well, right. maybe I'll yeah. go check that out. Uh-huh. So, um, yeah. So, I mean, it's just just playing those little games that, that kind of, um, you know, motivates them through through bits of curiosity or something they're interested in. Or like, all right, well, I'm, I'm just going to go check this out. Um, and that usually gets them curious enough to try it, too. <laughs> right. Um, you also have to get over the hurdle of the multiple layers of clothing throughout the, the winter. Yes, time. So I was going to ask about that with winter. All right, did they have any issues? Your kids have any issues with that? Um, getting out? No, the actually, they, no, they love that. <laughs> they, sometimes they love it, and sometimes not so much. You know, mm-hmm. but it actually reminds me of um, this quote, and I think it was I, I, I heard it uh, when I was discussing Waldorf education, um, and and. The, quote was something along the lines of, you know, there's, there's no bad weather, only bad clothing choices. Okay. Um, <laughs> that is very so, true. <laughs> so yeah. You can, you can really prepare yourself for any different weather and things seem, you know, more, um, more approachable when, when mm-hmm. you're, you, you're prepared. well prepared for yes, it. Exactly. And then, and mm-hmm. also people different, you know, tend to acclimate differently. So like yes. if we live in Alaska mm-hmm. and, you know, Northern Alaska and the weather was usually very cold, and you'd be like, okay, well, it's negative 25 today. Maybe we'll, you know, we'll try to stay inside a little bit more. Uh, and and here it's like, okay, well, you know, it's like below 30. So, uh, but if people up there can do it, you know, you can too. It's just yeah, all about preparation and what you're used to and what you want to what you want to do. So that is a very good point. Yeah, your your blood gets thicker when you live up north. I we lived in Minnesota, and when we moved down to Texas, I I, I just made fun of the Texans the first winter. I thought they are just crazy putting on parkas, and the next year I was joining them. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I lived in South Florida for a little while, and I, I did the same thing. It's yeah. <laughs> just what you used to. So exactly, yes, but it is possible. I, I milked a cow at twenty below um, when we lived in Minnesota, and you just do it because you have to so um so yeah that's it's part of just the wherever you live and doing the activities outside so i i applaud you for getting your your kids outside and and doing that i know um last night we were trying to get my daughter outside and we we're building a pool right now and we've it's now occupied by frogs that because the pool isn't quite filled with chlorine it's got just swamp water in there and we have all these frogs now accumulating my husband decided he wanted to try to get a frog out so he recruited my 16 year old who didn't want to go outside he's like come on just hold the flashlight <laughs> so, yeah, whatever you can do it entice them to get outside for a while or um he always knows when the satellite's going or the space station's going over and so that'll get us he's got a thing built onto his phone so whenever the space station's going to head over we all go outside and you know sit and watch the sky and watch that i guess there's a meteor shower tonight but anyways so i i know he told me about it (laughs) yeah i know he only my husband would follow those things so um so yeah if you're looking for something to do later there's meteor shower supposedly over north america so um so anyways, lots of different ways to get get outside and um, have some experiences. You know what? The thing that I noticed, though, as homeschoolers, we tend to be isolated. Um, and I'd love for you to talk a little bit about why it's advantageous for families to reach out to one another and develop community and learning activities with one another. Because we do have you know things we do as families, but, but what about doing activities with other families? Yeah, so... Um... 
I like to think of that as kind of breaking down into a, like a few different big advantages of, of um, you know, looking to, to the wider community. Um, and, and the first one is just, you know, more diverse uh, sets of knowledge. And so, you know, I, I see everybody as kind of, you know, a sum of, a, of an infinite number of moments throughout their, their life, all these different things that they've learned, all these different experiences they've had. Um, and if you start with that premise, you kind of see people as, you know, or kind of view it as they, you can learn something from anybody that you meet. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, whether that's something around their career, something that they do every day uh, as a job, or whether that's just like something they're passionate about, um, mm-hmm. a passionate hobbyist, um, you know, those are, are both things that, um, that people are often, you know, excited to talk about and, and to share yeah. with others uh-huh. if, you, if you're willing to reach out to them. Um, and so I'll, I'll just take my wife as, as like an example. Yeah. Um, so she, you know, her day job, actually, she works nights. So I guess her night job, um, <laughs> is, uh, as an obstetrician. Um, oh. and, uh, but you know, so she, I mean, she knows lots about science and medicine, mm-hmm. and those kind of things. Um, but you know, most people don't know unless they know her really well, that she's also a hobbyist beekeeper. Um, oh. and so, so mm-hmm. we're. We keep about uh, 20,000 or so bees in our backyard and these wow. boxes that, you know, we've got a couple mm-hmm. hives and, you know, she's still fairly new to it and learning about it. Um, but, but she's, you know, really passionate and excited about it. And yeah. that that's contagious. Mm-hmm. You know, um, mm-hmm. we often talk about the, the best kind of teachers are the ones that, you know, really get you excited about learning the information. Yes. That's so true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so my daughter, we just, we just got her like a little bee suit too. Oh. And so she'll, she'll go out, you know, she's four years old and straps uh-huh. on this whole thing, you know, takes her little smoker, like, like she owns the place and <laughs> goes out there and, you know, helps my wife, you know, pull the, pull all the, um, pull the hive apart and, you know, inspect mm-hmm. everything and, and make sure that, um, you know, they're, they're growing nicely and, um, mm-hmm. and learns a little bit about it too. And, and so, you know, that, uh, you know, just kind of being able to share that passion is, yeah. is a great thing. And, and, mm-hmm. you know, that's, those are the kind of things that we can do other people as well yes. so so yeah that first piece is you know just sharing and getting access to uh you know really diverse sets of knowledge that are that are all around you you don't even know about so um yeah. this, the second one is resources and you know whether those are physical resources from you know like a park nearby that um just one example that comes to mind there's there's a park around the corner that actually builds like a one-to-one replica um wigwam and small uh, native american village and so cool. if you want to go actually see how the structure is built and you know mm-hmm. see you know uh, very uh it, it, they use the same building techniques and everything mm-hmm. um, and so you know you can kind of read a little bit about that at home but then you can go out and actually you yeah. know because you know that physical mm-hmm. um space is there you can you can you know connect with it and say oh my gosh yeah. no this this is how it might feel and so those those memories kind of evoke that um mm-hmm you know, evoke more emotion and get those ideas to stick more, more deeply in, into your memory and really commit it to memory. Right. So, yeah. um, so yeah, I think access to, um, access to resources is another big one. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the third one I think is, is when those two pieces kind of, uh, play together and, um, in, in finding different, uh, sources of knowledge and different resources, you know, mm-hmm. you're talking to other people and that kind of inevitably leads to, you know, these social mm-hmm. situations. And so you can, um, you know, you get that, that socialization piece, uh, right. that, yeah. that is especially over the last year has been uh, mm-hmm. really limited for a lot of people. Um, 
Yeah. And yeah. So, so you seek out groups and you seek out resources and, and mm -hmm. things like that to interest you. And then you can connect with people around shared interests uh, and, and find, you know, the right groups for you and, mm -hmm. and really tailor that to what, what you need, what your kids need. Um, and right. so it's really good for both the parents and the kids. Yeah. So okay. I, I think all those things kind of come together and, and really, you know, produce a really robust landscape that, that you can take advantage of if, if you know it exists. Yeah, and kind of just build community based on interests or maybe what you're studying that year. Mm -hmm. um, so on a variety of different things or just something that comes up that looks, well, <laughs> that looks interesting. Why don't we try it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, I, I didn't know I was interested in that, but uh -huh. I didn't know it existed either. And now that it exists, I kind of want to check it out. Yeah. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's, that's what's great about people who are passionate is, you know, they're willing to just open it up, you know, and share to people that, that haven't. I've, I've had people over to try my aerial silks that <laughs> some said, I want to come back. And others said, Oh no, I'm never getting on that thing again. <laughs> so, exactly. but, and, and, and they learn yeah. a lot by, by deciding whether, whether they wanted to or not, but right. Just trying it out. It's like, yeah, well, I saw people do that on videos or whatever. And so, yeah. But, um, you know, as you were talking, it made me think um, we joined a historical society when we lived in Minnesota. And so a lot of times we would go to these historic sites. But the thing that make, made it so wonderful for learning was they had the reenactment actors there. And so, yes, we could walk through the buildings, but somebody who was reenacting and relating and passionate about it, because they were all volunteers, mm -hmm. um, just added to that experience and um it kind of connected what you were talking about is that resources but the person and we really need we learn so well through relationships and that is so key yeah it kind of attaches the story to it too mm -hmm. and, and you know learning through stories and um you know yeah. we're kind of free or hardwired i guess evolutionarily you know to, to really um to be able to learn from and, and to you know remember stories very well so, mm -hmm. so you can learn people's stories and, and really yeah. build a relationship and, and those can can be really advantageous for, for you know, building those memories and lasting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that is so true. Yeah, those things anchor into our, our brains mm -hmm. and our kids remember those things and much better than, like you said, if it, you just read about in a book. But when you stand in the middle of that wigwam, <laughs> all of a sudden you have a relationship and you, you know the space um, and yeah. We, we went and did the Little House on the Prairie tour, and we saw what, what the dugout looked like in the one book, and it was so small. You know, you think, oh, it had to be a little, a bigger hole, but it really wasn't. And that lasting impression of, of oh, people lived in this for like a whole winter with each other, <laughs> and we're complaining about COVID. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes it helps to really, you know, refocus your, your right. mind. You know, yeah, exactly. New, new perceptions around, around things. Yeah, it's so true. <laughs> so, um, so can you share maybe some stories with us from your own experience of, and families you've worked with um, to further develop um, just some, I guess, maybe even for those that are sitting on the fence going, well, this sounds really good, but, you know, how do we do this? And um how do we make this work for our family? You know, we have a lot of families who have kids with special needs and, and sometimes that's a lot of effort to get out the door. But I think with the proper motivation, um, a lot of us can get out the door, but we, we need that extra little nudge <laughs> yeah. per se. Yeah. And I, I think, you know, some of that comes down to just, you know, 
finding somebody that's more comfortable in those situations who has, you know, that knowledge mm -hmm. that, that can help you kind of realign, you know, um, your, your risk tolerance and like, okay, well, at least this person knows what's going on. You know, mm -hmm. uh, if, if I'm going in this situation, um, you know, with no knowledge about going in the outdoors, how to pack, how to do any of these things. That's true. You know, at least we're going yeah. along with somebody that, that does know that mm -hmm. and relay that information. So, um, uh, and there, there's actually a group like that. So um, I, I met a couple, um, talked to them, I guess, a couple weeks ago, uh, and, and they're not too far from me. They, um, yeah, they have a lot of years of experience as firefighters and, um, and paramedics. Um, and they were just, you know, big outdoor enthusiasts. Um, mm -hmm. uh, you know, the husband, uh, he was, he was an Eagle Scout as well. And so, okay. so he probably had a lot of that, uh, you know, same motivation growing up, mm -hmm. but they're a very outdoorsy family. And so they started an organization called, uh, emergency response training, um, mm -hmm. where they kind of put all those passions and those things that they've learned from their careers all together. And so they do a youth survival classes for kids. Oh, cool. Um, yeah. So they'll, they'll, you know, take them out and show them how to pack for, um, for camping, for hiking, things like that. Prepare, mm -hmm. you know, when they get out there, they'll show them how to build a shelter, how to, you know, build a fire, how to cook over the fire, uh, how to do first aid, and those kind of things. Mm -hmm. So, so if you know, if you don't know anything about it, you know, those are great. You know, fairly inexpensive, like crash courses on, right. you know, how to do this, and then like we'll actually get you out there and show you how to do it for the first time, mm -hmm. uh, and that can kind of give you the confidence and the, and the knowledge that you need. To, to at least have a, a point to start. So, um, mm -hmm. so I, that, that was a really cool organization. Um, I, I talked to another um, homeschool dad, I guess last week, and um, you know, him, his name is Jake, and he's always had an interest in reptiles. Uh, and um, and um, his wife has a background in biology, and so you know, they combined these efforts uh, and created an organization called My Three Chambered Heart. Um, which until I found the organization, uh, I didn't realize that most reptiles only have three chambers in their hearts. So hmm. uh, two atria and, a, and one ventricle. Uh, and I so this, know that <laughs> I know this, this, I had no idea. And, um, you know, we, I also learned the word herpetology, which is, you know, the study of uh, reptiles and uh, all of these things um, I've just learned in the last week from chatting with Jake. Um, oh, that's really cool. And I haven't even been to the classes that they go. Uh -huh. so they have, um, you know, they have a number of uh, snakes and lizards and turtles. And he said, if everything goes well with their permits, they'll even have a crocodile soon. You know? Wow. Yeah. And so, um, so they, they travel around and they give, you know, um, they teach at their local, uh, like a homeschool resource center that is mm -hmm. nearby them. Uh, and then to other organizations, they, they do go to shows and, and, uh, things that allow people to uh, meet and touch and become more familiar and more comfortable around uh, reptiles. And, you know, a lot of people have these fears of snakes. And so yes. you know, that uh -huh. might be like, a, no, I, re I really don't know about it, but maybe I'll learn a little bit about it. And maybe that'll give me a little bit, you know, more context yeah. to say yep. whether we should mm -hmm. be afraid of this and, and what we should watch out for. Right. Um, so and maybe as a parent having the fear, but allowing your kids to interact without you having to be the one holding it or, yeah, <laughs> or, exactly. or getting it as a pet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So uh, I, I remember pushing my parents for a, for a pet snake a lot when I was little. Uh, oh, never wow. happened. No, okay. Um, but, uh, <laughs> they, they held out. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's, that's totally fair. Uh, I, know, it's, it's, <laughs> I, I think I feel that way about my kids now. So, yeah. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, but uh, but yeah, I think not all those things are science related too. So I was talking to a, a woman last week, and you know, she's uh, used to be an educator in, in a public school, and then you know stepped away to homeschool her daughter, um, and, and she's also just really passionate about early literacy and gardening. And she's like, why don't I just put those together? So she oh, formed what's like, called yeah. the Reading Garden Club, and oh, and so she invites parents and kids to. Mm-hmm. Um, and they learn, learn early literacy skills. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's both teaching the kids those skills, but also teaching the parents how to provide those skills. Uh, oh. and, and so, yeah, you, you, you kind of get, you know, uh, it's like an education double whammy there. So uh-huh. it's learning how, you know, they're learning something and you're learning how to teach them more. Yeah. Um, so uh, really good opportunities for, for anything in the outdoors. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, one other thing comes to mind, um, and I think you had uh, a woman named Abby Rinella back yes, on. she in, was on in December. Um, yeah, so. yeah. And mm-hmm. and that was a very interesting interview. Um, I, the nonprofit she runs, I think it's, it's called uh, Called Beyond. Yes. I remember. Mm-hmm. Uh, and mm-hmm. yeah, and they're basically facilitating outdoor adventures mm-hmm. uh, for, um, for special needs families. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. And and so there's, you know, they, they kind of combine their, their passions and the their knowledge and, and put it into this effort. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, lot, lots of families are out there doing those kind of things, but they're very hard to find. Yes. And, you know, so that's, that's kind of one of the things that, that we're trying to solve is to just make those opportunities mm-hmm. easier for people to find. Yeah. And connecting with each other. That's so important. And it is, it's, you know, as soon as people start homeschooling, the, their first question is, well, well, how do I find curriculum? But then is how do I find a group? You know, how do I connect with other people? And those those should be your first questions. But that how do I connect is is sometimes really difficult because there there's either you know groups focused on just like we'll teach your kids, you drop them off, but that's not really connecting. Mm-hmm. And um, and so, but people really want community, and that's what they're looking for. It um, so so yeah, I applaud you for what you're doing with my school and and connecting families with with those types of activities. You know, I was, as you were talking, um, you know, it, sometimes things like Boy Scouts, you were talking about, you know, just if dads don't know how to camp, but that, that sometimes teaches the dad how to camp as well as the son. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And my, my husband was involved in civil air patrol um, for a long time and they teach a lot of survival skills as well to, to students and, and a lot of other things. So, so there's, there's organizations out there that that can really help with connecting and um, more not even homeschool related but but a lot of homeschoolers use them for for various things so yeah yeah and so whether they're whether they're just families or whether they're you know formal organizations you know there's mm-hmm. there's all these different resources right around that you can you know take advantage of, of the things that they can offer and and, and that that can add a lot to to your to your family and then to their education stuff. Yes. Yeah, that, that is very true. So, um, well, we're going to take a quick break because we're about halfway through our broadcast. So I'm going to let Justin pop off the screen for, for just a, a 
a minute here and we're going to hear from our sponsor, Not Grass History. So um, stay tuned because Justin has a lot of really good things to share um, just about connecting and um, and how do we do that in this this new era that we're living in. <laughs> so, um, so I'll have you back in just a while. And I want to thank um, Not Grass History for sponsoring this episode of Empowering Homeschool Conversations. Um, I'm going to just read a little bit about Not Grass History, their curriculum that gives parents a flexible tool set of tools that you can adjust to meet the needs of each student in your family. They use a readable typeface in their books, make making reading easier for students and parents. <laughs> Hundreds of full-color photographs and illustrations provide a rich experience for visual learners. All the courses include hands-on activity ideas for students who like to write, draw, build, and create. Marilyn from Pennsylvania says this about Knotgrass history. It is such a delight to see my son retain and enjoy history, especially as he has learning disabilities that make it difficult to retain information. Your curriculum is one of our victories. You can try Knotgrass history for free. Yes, I said free. Um, see how it works for your family by visiting their website, notgrass.com. And if you also would like to know, we've just done a whole bunch of unboxings and video reviews on our YouTube channel. So you can check out the um, review crew playlist and, and find those there. So, um, so thank you, Notgrass, for sponsoring this episode. And um, we're going to bring Justin back and it, um, so we have a question to start our next half an hour. So welcome back, Justin. Um, are you ready for a question from, I guess it's from a viewer on Periscope. Nancy asks, um, where do I look for resources around where we live? So that may be just be a general question. How do we even start that process of looking for, for resources and connecting with homeschoolers? Sure. I think, um, you know, that, that kind of, you know, gets to the, the center of what, what my school is and, and what it can do. Mm -hmm. Um, so, um, just, just to tell you a little bit about it, um, our, our main goal is to, um, provide people with, uh, with three main things. And the first one is the ability to find uh, people to meet. So other homeschoolers to meet, mm -hmm. um, uh, places to go and things to do. Um, and so that kind of hits that, that place to go thing and what, what kind of resources are right around you. So um, my school is a platform that anybody can go on and either say that, you know, I'm a local resource that people can use. These are the kind of things you can learn here um, from, from my organization. Uh, or you can go on and just say, suggest a spot. And, you know, this is this is some local spot that it might be a museum or a uh, um, you know, it might be a co-op, it might be a nature center or a park or anything like that. And you can say, you know, this is a place that, that we love to go. This is why we'd like to go there uh, and provide a little information about it and the address and it'll plop it on the map. Uh, and so you can you can challenge your local um, you know, Facebook group or your local organization and say, hey, you know, if, if everybody goes and puts on a few resources that they know, mm -hmm. then I'll start to build the local learning landscape right around your area. Yeah. Um, and, and really, you know, you can access that diverse set of knowledge that, that your local community has in, in order to build, um, build out that map. Um, and so that's kind of, you know, one way I think you would uh, just go about uh, finding those if, if you don't know what's out there. It's just to reach out to the community and, uh, in any ways you have, whether that's you know, Facebook groups or whether that's, um, you know, uh, email groups or whether that's a you know, physical uh, organization you belong to or a co-op or, or what what it might be 
Um, but yeah, just, just challenge them, bring them all to the table. I just want to let people know if they're listening to the podcast that um, your website is myschoolathome.io because they won't be able to see the screen. But if you're watching, you can see the the um, the website down below us. So yeah, but that's that's great that you offer that because it, it it gets to be so confusing, and then you wonder how far away from me is that. But if it's on a map, then you can you can easily access that and and figure out those things. Cause somebody says they're in Houston here. They could be two hours away from me, <laughs> you know, instead of just in my, maybe, maybe they're in my neighborhood. I don't know, <laughs> but yeah. So that's, that's a good resource to have. So, um, so thank you for asking that question. And, um, and if you have a, a question or comment and you'd like us to, to build that into our conversation, we welcome you to do that. So, um, so we are live right now on Facebook and, um, YouTube as well as Periscope. And also speaking of links, um, Justin has shared with me a bunch of links for different things on his website. And if you're watching on the YouTube channel, those are already in the description. So you can just click on, on those right there instead of having to try to enter that, um, that information in off the screen. So, um, so that's, that's helpful. But um, you know, I, I'd love to start this time talking about maybe some research to consider for parents who still may not be convinced to get out of their comfort zones to connect with others, um, especially in light of, you know, the COVID restrictions and concerns. What um, what do you have to share with us on that? Yeah, there's, there's a lot of research on, you know, learning outside and then learning with other people. Um, you know, I, I gave a talk about socialization specifically at a, at a recent um, virtual conference um due to COVID every everything's yeah. you know kind of mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. yeah and, and and you know there's there's advantage to that in the long run we'll see but uh yeah. <laughs> um but there, there is a lot of research about the importance of going outside and, and learning outside and mm. uh and learning with other people outside um and the big one that comes up a lot of the time you know first off is just the fact that you're your body needs that sunlight to you know, yes. produce uh, vitamin D, and then mm-hmm. there's a lot of lot of advantages, um, you know, from a from a physical um, standpoint because your body requires um, that for a lot of lot of processes like bone development, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. uh, immune system health, and those kind of things. Mm-hmm. So, so just getting out and and you know just being in the sunlight um, can can be advantageous. Yeah. Uh, yeah, another thing is is exercise, um, you know, for mm. your physical well-being, uh, you know, getting out and just having the kids run around for long periods of time, you know, it's, it's easy to do and, uh, and, and, you know, gets them, gets them out there for long periods of time, um, you know, exploring and, and you don't have to focus on exercise. It's just kind of a byproduct of getting them outside. Mm-hmm. Um, another big one I think is, is, um, around unstructured play and you mm. can do that inside, but it's really, um, there's a lot of advantage to doing it outdoors. Uh, you know, both the fact that there's less rules because yeah. you're not as many things uh-huh. you're going to break. Um, <laughs> there's, there's more space. Was that? Mm-hmm. Oh, I said, that's so true. Yes. We, we have, yeah, that, I think we have that, a padded room or, or some kind of like sensory room our kids can just kind of bounce off the walls. It's, it makes it difficult in your living space to, to yeah, do these types of activities. <laughs> that reminds me, my, my wife sent me a, um, a saying the other day, and I, I 
don't know where it's from, but she said, it said, um, you know, they, they can't be bouncing off the walls if you take the walls away. Oh, so, uh huh. <laughs> that's very true. <laughs> I thought that was a, I thought that was a really nice articulation of, uh -huh. of that. So, um, but yeah, that, that unstructured play is really, really good for a whole range of kids, you know, um, especially in the, in the early years, but all the way up through adolescence um, helps to develop uh, self-regulation, um, planning and prioritization skills, um, you know, troubleshooting in different situations. And, and uh, you know, um, mm -hmm. this will kind of all be lumped under this um, umbrella of uh, that, that is known as executive functioning skills. Yes. And, mm -hmm. um, and so, yeah, it's, if, if anyone's not familiar, that's kind of, um, often described as like the air traffic controller of the brain, mm -hmm. you know, it, it takes in information, figures out, you know, what, uh, what other information has to be, um, taken from your memory and from your knowledge to, to, uh, adapt to that situation and then, mm -hmm. um, you know, figure out how to, how to deal and how to negotiate with this. And so, right. uh, so that, that keeps on developing for a lot of years and, you know, that unstructured play provides a, a huge uh, advantage uh, to the development of that system. So, um, so that, that's a, that's a big one that gets pointed to a lot as well. Mm -hmm. um, then risk taking and risk is something we kind of mentioned a little bit earlier, but mm -hmm. you know, it, it helps to stretch people, to, um, you know, beyond their comfort zone. And mm -hmm. you know, stretching beyond your comfort zone means you're learning new things. You know, that's that's uh -huh. a, that's like a good slight discomfort range. Mm -hmm. uh, and and if you can actually, you know, uh, get beyond that and you know accomplish whatever your goal is, uh, you know, that help provide that self-confidence. Um, right. And so we can get all those things from from just learning to manage risk and, uh, mm. and figure out how to deal with that and negotiate those situations. Um, and then, you know, specifically in the science realm, I think if we think about science as the um, study of the physical world, then, mm -hmm. you know, it, it makes sense to get out and explore and mm -hmm. to, you know, develop a relationship with the physical world. Mm -hmm. You know, um, you, you can only get so much by, by reading about things. You know, mm -hmm. I, I think that's an important aspect, but then actually going out and physically seeing them, that provides a, a very different experience. Um, and, and something that, you know, if you really want to develop, um, uh, a lifelong love of, of the outdoors, you really need to create that, that re relationship with the outdoors. And so yeah. that's a really important part of it. Mm -hmm. and as you were talking about, I was just thinking, you know, how my kids often mention, you know, some movies, you know, they, they're like, well, that defies the law of physics, you know, because they've been outside enough. They know what, you know, something would do if it was flipped around and turned around and yet, you know, AI, they're, the, the graphics in some movies doesn't actually show you what it would do. And, um, but you know, the more you have those experiences, the more you go, Hmm, that's just off. And you, you don't have to like, think about it. It's, it's just, you know, it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I've, I've seen that before and that's not how that happens. Yeah. Right. Exactly. But it's, it's not like some, you can like read a textbook and get that, that knowledge. You, you, it, it's something you have to gain from experience. So, um, so yeah, I mean, totally get that, that experience related to, to learning. And, and I love that, you know, you talk about the, you know, just the risk factor and um, allowing kids, you know, to kind of go towards that, that edge that's, you know, with under control. But um, I think we live in a society where we want to protect our kids so much. 
Um, can you talk a little bit about that and, and just how as a parent do we, we do that um, and kind of get past allowing our kids maybe to stumble and fall <laughs> um, and to make those mistakes, but, um, you know, definitely within a semi-controlled environment at least. Yeah, and I think I think you just kind of you know you have to realize that the the stakes are fairly low you know in that situation where they're going to get outdoors and yes they might you know fall down they might get a bruise they might get a cut things like that mm -hmm. um, but those are situations that they need to start negotiating you know early on and so that they can you know further develop um, in whatever variables might get thrown their way. Uh, and the outdoor environment is providing, you know, all kinds of additional variables all the time so for us to adapt. To. Uh -huh. um, and whether you're just, you know, even if you're in the same place, there's there's mm -hmm. differences from day to day. But if you're out in a new environment, you know, even if it's not that far from your house, you're going to experience, you know, very new things. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, whether that's from a from a physical standpoint, just getting used to running over rocks and jumping over logs, mm -hmm. things like that. I mean, that's, that's an environment that if you're, you know, stuck in the city all the time and you're mm -hmm. only on flat roads, you, you just, you're not physically developing the, you're not getting used to you know, right. jumping them from rock to rock mm -hmm. and things like that. And so from a physical development, from a, um, and from a, from a cognitive and from, you know, that, uh, that idea of executive functioning from all those mm -hmm. standpoints, it really, there's a lot of advantages to, to getting out there and just learning those things. And so you know, some of it is just, you know, um, saying, okay, well, worst case scenario, they're going to get a little banged up from this. Right. Uh, we'll see how this goes. And then, you know, just, just try to hold it in as long as you can. You know? uh -huh, exactly. And, and then maybe that will stretch you just far enough where you can be like, oh, okay, mm -hmm. they did really well at this. We'll stretch a little further. So, you know, you're, you're both stretching them and stretching yourself mm -hmm. at the same time. You know, right. um, but, but yeah, just as long as you're in a situation where, you know, overall and the risk isn't, you know, that big, uh, it's really just a good idea to just give them the opportunity to, to try to figure out how to negotiate those situations on their own. And then they can come back to you if they need help, uh, when they need help, mm -hmm. um, and you can help them figure out a way to do it, but, you know, give them the time to try to, to try to work it out. There's a lot of advantages to doing that. So, so true. Yes, it's scary. I think a lot of times parents ask me, you know, well, what, what do you think about that with your kids doing this? My my kids at one point in Minnesota, we we lived on a lake, and it was a huge. It was like 40 steps down to the lake, and we got enough snow. They built a bobsled track and then launch themselves off the end of the dock onto the lake. <laughs> and I was like, I just don't look. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Some, sometimes you just got to put it out the sea. Yeah. Exactly. They know where to find me if they need something. And <laughs> so so when you're growing up, did you have any of those experiences? <laughs> um, probably too many. I think, uh, yeah, that would be a better question for my parents and yeah. how many near heart attacks I gave them. Um, but had plenty of that. I, I used to try, you know, I, I climbed every tree we found and mm -hmm. every rock face we found. And I, I was, I was a big climber. Um, and, uh, I only fell down maybe once or twice, you know, got the wind knocked out of me, scary uh -huh. situation, but that, I was yeah. like, okay, I got the wind back. Let's try it again. No. Yeah. <laughs> and I think it was far scarier for you know, my parents than it was for me in the long run. So, um, mm -hmm. 
but uh but yeah that then that, that, that climbing has, has really um is something that i still love to do and mm. uh and would love to do more with, with my kids when when i can get over that fear <laughs> right yeah you just don't look down but, yep. yeah <laughs> exactly the more you do it it's it easier so um yeah i'll go i'll find a good experience group to to you know take us yes, out on that exactly <laughs> or join one of those climbing gyms and then you'll have partners and maybe there'll be a homeschool group and and yeah you can get them signed up on your website and <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> and they can help you with all those those tricky yes i i've done some rock climbing and and it's when you start going upside down i i you know i i was in a competition once i was racing against this guy and he was leaping from one to the other i'm like okay i'm i've lost <laughs> i can't do that <laughs> but uh, anyways um so nancy again from from periscope said their their challenge is finding organizations that allow for it's a it's a behavior program bcba to support our children um so you're looking more for like a program where that would be incorporated probably something more like a co-op and and that is difficult i just have to to let you know that um there's very few. Um, I think I've only heard of um, one or two groups that they have incorporated therapy in with the homeschool co-op. A lot of times it's it's just um, too difficult or there isn't enough of a population. And so um, I just encourage you to keep looking and uh, maybe start connecting with other parents who have kids with similar needs. And, um, you know, we, we are... Um, we create things out of the necessity. And so, I mean, that's what's bed homeschool started out with. And I know Justin, you're trying to create a community. So your kids have people to relate to as you homeschool them. So we, we just do those things to, um, to get connected and create the communities that, that we, we want for ourselves as well as, um, for others. So, um, so I, I, as we're wrapping up, I'd just love for you to tell us more about my school and how families can connect with you and your services so that um, so they can find you easily. Yeah, sure. So um, I, I think a little earlier I mentioned, you know, we kind of kind of do three things and, and that's to help homeschoolers find uh, people to meet, places to go and things to do. So um, so I'll, I'll just kind of go through each one of those. Yeah, the the people to meet, um, basically you come on the site um, and we operate kind of like a, like a social network for, for homeschoolers. And so you can create a personal profile. Uh, and if you want to, you can drop your personal profile on the map and say, you know, Hey, we live somewhere around here. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, we don't store addresses. We don't, you can modify your location to where you feel comfortable. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's in your general area so that people can know, you know, right. I'm in this area. I'm looking for other people in this area. Um, and, and so, you know, you can connect people, uh, connect with other people directly uh, just by looking for other profiles and, you know, um, of, of people who have also opted to be on the map. Oh, great. Um, and so, um, so that's, you know, much more prevalent in the, in the Maryland, D.C. area. Just mm -hmm. that's, that's where we started uh, and that's where we've grown, uh, you know, for the last uh, couple of years. Mm -hmm. but, uh, but really, if you want to, you know, go invite anybody else onto the site, um, those are all things you can just go on and, and do for free. All you have to do is sign up. Mm -hmm. um, and so the second part, the places, you know, that's that's what I was mentioning before, is just to reach out to your local community. You can go start to to build the uh, local landscape and, and just by adding points to the map, you know, these are the places I love to learn, where are other people's places people love to learn. Uh, and you can kind of organize it all with the map and see what's around you and, 
hmm. and say, you know, these are the places that, you know, that I can go to. These are the resources in my community that I can take advantage of. Cool. Uh, mm -hmm. and, and, you know, these are all the things that we can learn. And so um, as people, you know, add more and more things to the map, mm -hmm. uh, then you can kind of, you know, use the search bar and, and you know, tailor it down to the exact needs. So the more more options that, that people bring to the table, the mm -hmm. you know more specific uh, you can get with what you're looking for, um, and so so that's the places aspect. And then the third, and and I think the the third is the the part that excites me the most about getting people uh, together is mm -hmm. um, you know the, the things to do. And those so those can be if you sign up as either a personal profile um, looking for other people, uh, or you sign up as an organization on a map. Um, as, a, as a spot, as a resource that people can use, mm -hmm. um, you can host events and you can, um, so, you know, that might be something that's uh, more informal, like a meetup, if you're looking just for other parents with a, you know, a similar kids around a similar age or around a similar interest or things like that. Hey, mm -hmm. we're meeting up at this park just for a, you know, a, a park day. Mm -hmm. um, and you can organize one of those. Uh, you just basically fill it out and it drops it on the map and you're like, anybody else, you know, who wants to check it out can come and they can register right through the site. Uh, and, and so you can find out a little bit about everybody coming. Uh, and then it also gives you a list of those people that came so that you can reach out afterwards. Mm. Like, oh, I, I, you know, I meant to talk to this person more, but, um, right. you know, I, I, I didn't get their contact information. Well, yeah. now you have everybody that came and so you can reach back out. Mm -hmm. um, and so it, it tries to, um, you know, to leverage some of the tools of the online world to mm -hmm. to really give us the tools to, that we we need to you know communicate better. Right. Um, but they can also be educational. You know, you can host classes mm -hmm. or uh, field trips. And so, just as an example, next week, um, you know, my family's um, hosting a uh, field trip to a local. Um, they're called the Conserv Conservation Society of Micropedae which I wasn't aware of beforehand, but apparently that's the family that kangaroos and wallabies belong to. Oh, so you can go okay. and learn about them and actually, you know, physically interact with, with uh, the kangaroos and wallabies that they have on site. Uh, and so we thought that was really cool. And, you know, they can take 12 people. And so we said, great, you know, anybody who wants to come with us, um, uh, we created an event on there and people can come do that. Mm -hmm. um, actually, interesting thing about that group they are moving to Texas in a few weeks. Really? So we're one of the last people who's going to get a tour in this area, mm -hmm. uh, but then we'll make sure they drop a point over there when they move to in Texas. I think they're just going to be uh, a little bit north of the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, so, but um, seems totally worth the drive. I've never experienced meeting a kangaroo before, so I'm quite yes. excited. Yes. And, and <laughs> my daughter hasn't stopped talking about it since we mentioned it. So, oh, funny. Um, yeah, so, so it's, you know, it's kind of bringing those, all those different pieces together to, to meet people, you know, find new places to learn and, mm -hmm. you know, find different ways to learn with other people. And, you know, that's where you're really taking advantage of, uh, you know, the knowledge of other people uh, around you and, mm. and putting the resources that they have available. Um, they invite other people to join them for those experiences. So, awesome. yeah. So again, if you're you're listening and you can't see the screen, it's myschoolathome.io that Justin's talking about, and you'll um, want to just. I encourage you to do what he said to to get your your information on there and to start um, sharing 
with people that you know that homeschool and and getting local information on there because that's um it's a great way to connect that um that can help you find one another instead of just a group where you get things get lost in the feed and you just can't you can't or like where, where was that person who said that they live near me and then try to do a search and you just can't yeah find it but um but yeah those those personal interactions and then having those events and being able to, to meet each other and then be able to connect back online. Because usually when we're, we're doing those things, we're so crazy busy with kids. <laughs> we don't always remember to, you know, to, to even share each other's names. It's like, Oh yeah, that was that family was, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so that's like just an awesome resource that you've developed. And I went on today and registered to Sped Homeschool. So I have to tell you, it's a super easy interface to use. I, I told Justin, I said he did a good job. Um, so, <laughs> so it's it's really simple to fill out, fill out, get get your information on there, and um, get going. So um, so kudos to you for for that. Um, so so yeah. But um, I don't know if we have any more questions or comments as we are wrapping up. Is there anything else that you'd like to share, Justin? Um, I, I think I just, you know, like to invite anybody that wants to check it out. You know, we're very open to feedback. Um, so if, if you check anything out, you're like, I wish you could do this. Or, you know, mm -hmm. I also have this problem. You know, can you guys help me solve that? Um, those are really the things we like to tackle. And, and you know, uh, the more feedback we get, more we can you know plan what uh features to build out for, for different people to solve different problems uh and that's really lo what we're looking to do so um mm -hmm. so yeah if, if anybody wants to reach out uh info at myschoolathome.io uh and um i read all those emails that come in so you get cool. a response directly from me and mm -hmm. so I, I just invite people to check it out and let us know what you think Great. Yeah. And we'll start posting the, the conferences that we're going to be at there. Um, so, so parents know how to connect with us and um, we're going to be starting family camps hopefully this fall. So, um, so that'd be a great, great way to a place to share as well um, for those things. But, but yeah, so much um, now that people are getting out and about, it's a great time. Um, I know you started this when COVID started <laughs> and you've been so patient, <laughs> but I, you know, I was speaking at a, a real conference this last week and people are just desperate to connect with other people and um, just just have conversations and um, be around one another again. So so that's it's exciting times. Um, so so thank you for um, for creating this resource. And I look forward to seeing how it grows. Thank you very much, Peggy. I appreciate the chat today and uh, yeah. I really had a lot of fun. Yeah, this was great. I just want to thank all of our viewers, too, for joining us and um, also for our sponsor, Nutgrass History, for sponsoring this episode of Empowering Homeschool Conversations. Definitely check out their website. Like I said, they have free software, or not free software, but they have free um, curriculum that you can try out. They have free samples of every single curriculum that they have on their website. So you can download those PDFs and try them out. Um, and, and so lots of great parent helps, too, that our reviewers will can tell you about. So, so check out them at notgrass.com. And um, 
I'm trying to remember what we're talking about tomorrow. Oh, I have a return guest. Dr. Daniel Franklin will be back. Um, and he's going to talk about creating successful outdoor learning experiences. And so um, how do you teach and make sure your kids learn <laughs> what you'd like them to learn? And so we're going to be um, continuing talking about outdoor learning and um, hopefully continuing to encourage you to get outside. Um, like Justin was saying, there, there's so many advantages to us getting outside. And I love that that challenge that you were talking about. Just um, that little bit adds up um, you know, as we, we spend our time outside with our kids. And so, um so yeah, well, well, thanks again, Justin, for your time. I appreciate it and all that you had to share with us. I wish you success with um, my school and everything that hopefully there's a lot of people connecting over the summer and into the fall. Hopefully. Thank you very much, Peggy. Yeah, you are welcome. I think we have one more. Um, oh, somebody wanted to know, um, can I ask the meaning of SPED? Um, SPED stands for Specialized Education. So we know that some kids just need their their curriculum, their teaching tweaked, and those are unique learners. And so we, we call it SPED Homeschool. So that's where that came from. And so, um, so yeah, it is but um, we've, we've kind of changed our tagline a little bit to empowering um, because parents need to be empowered when they're teaching struggling learners. And I think one of my guests at one point said 70% of kids can contort themselves to fit into any type of curriculum or any type of learning experience. It's those 30% <laughs> that we have to change the environment. We have to change the, the way we teach and the, the materials we use. And so those are the the parents, the families um, that that we are supporting, and um, and even as as I told parents last week, it, I was talking about creative curriculum. Is even typical kids they get sick of contorting themselves sometimes, and so what Justin was talking about with getting kids out and playing that's their natural learning environment. It, it's it puts your your mind at rest, but you can still learn. And so, um, so what a better time when the, the weather's getting good, get outside. <laughs> so, yeah. All right. Well, well, thank you, Erica, for your question. And thank you, Justin, again, for joining us. And um, thank you all again for enjoying, um, joining us on Empowering Homeschool Conversations. And we will see you next week um, right here, same time, same places. Bye, everybody. Hello, my name's Rachel Carmen, and I want to invite you to come over and listen to my podcast. It's called Real Refreshment. For years and years as a young mother, I chased after the wind, thinking that the world could offer me the refreshment I longed for. But it was only when I discovered it in the person of Jesus Christ that I really found refreshment. Come on over and join me as we dig into Bible study. I'll see you there.